Welcome to the Better Business Podcast, a series for those business owner operators who want to create a better business. Here are your hosts, Chris and Mark. Hello and welcome again for the Better Business Podcast. Uh, great to be back behind the, uh, well, I was going to say behind the microphones, but with the headphones on and talking to my good friend, Mark Eggleston. How are you, Mark? I'm actually, as one of our colleagues used to say, exceptionally well. Exceptionally well. Is that with a Scottish accent? Yes, it is. <laughs> I, my Scottish accent then was horrendous, but uh, I, I know Except- exactly where you're going. Exceptionally well, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to hear, and and it's it's actually good to talk to you again. It's been quite some time uh, for various circumstances, but today we want to talk about a topic that's probably one one of those ones is very very important in uh, in any leadership or management or business situation, um, and that is the one of. I mean, I don't know how we frame this. Is it how to give feedback or is it just feedback or is it giving? No, I think I can. (laughs) I'm going to do two things here, Chris. One is Chris and I, listeners, make a point of not swearing that much in these podcasts. In this podcast, there will be swearing because we feel pretty strongly about some of the stuff here. (laughs) Thing one. Thing two, we're going to call this our near toxic obsession with feedback. Ah, good. The toxic obsession with feedback. Wonderful. Because we, we can go a number of ways here, and we're not out there to say that giving feedback is, is not a good thing. It's how it's done. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, uh, it is how it's done. Yeah. So um, what, what, why, did we come, why did we come to this? Because, I mean, you were oh, look, this is really... last week, weren't we? We were just sort of yeah. uh, throwing a few things around, and then and then, as usual, we got a little bit... You know, hot under the collar at some of the stuff. Uh, I got really hot under the collar on this one, and this is why, and it's what you and I were throwing around. Yeah. What's popping up a lot lately is firstly the word radical. Yes. And it can be connected with candor. It can be radical anything. Yeah. Um, so just to me, on that topic straight up, I really believe it's just radical fuckwittery. I really do. <laughs> But putting radical in front of something doesn't make you are fresh or even more than no. realistic. In fact, it's dangerous. So yeah. we could either go down the radical... I think we will all go down the radical candle path because we're going to... I am, and Chris, I think Chris will too, talk about this and how we believe it's what not to do and then we'll get into what we think you actually do need to do. Yeah. And so... Yeah, yeah. I think that that's fair enough. But, but on that, I mean... I, I think I shot out a uh, LinkedIn post recently where I just got a little bit hot under the collar because I think it was the third or fourth thing that I read in the space of a, a month or two um, coming through as, as a new trend or a new method or a new system that had the word radical in front of it. There was radical this, radical that. You've got to be radically candid. You've got to be radically um, expressive. You've got to be radically vulnerable. And I, I just said enough, enough with the radical. Like, you know, and then, and then the other bit, was uh, because this also, why that got me a little bit hot under the collar was it was just because, you know, that modern trends and, and um, modern terminology, it, it doesn't, it, a lot of it is marketing speed. Yes, I mean, we, we get that. Um, but like you said, I think it can be dangerous if, if people just take this stuff 
and, and apply it. Because without the thought of what, what are truly the techniques to get this stuff right? And, um, and I think what you said before, a bit of radical fuckwittery. I think that's a little bit of that going on. So let's... Oh, I think there's more than a little bit of it going on, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so why don't we dive into it a little bit? So yeah, let's. Where, where, do we want to, where do we want to go with this? So let, let's this paint a picture. Or, or do you want to paint a picture? Or, yep, go on. No, I'll, I'll paint the picture of why I say that I think it's radical fuckwittery is I've seen radical candor delivered a few times. Yeah. Never delivered where there's an equal exchange of power. The person deliver, delivering the radical candor usually thinks they have more power than the person they're delivering it to. I've, yeah. never, seen, I've never seen it delivered upward. Like go and try and yeah. deliver a bit of radical candor on your CEO and see how well that goes. <laughs> I think we could end the podcast right there. Yeah, that, that, is such, that is such a good point. Go and deliver it upward and see how it goes. Secondly, the because that, people, point, that points to another another issue around culture, but that's but that's that's another yeah. part of the discussion. Yes, and I've mostly seen it delivered by people where there's a massive amount of ego at play. Yeah. So they're delivering radical candor not for the recipient's benefit, but to pump their own ego. Uh huh. Secondly, or thirdly, or wherever early I am. Up to third. Yep. Thirdly, coaching. In and of itself, this, this is, is like this is like the bride's list from Kill Bill. Like it's like you're you're crossing <laughs> you're crossing these off as you go on your death list five. Yeah. Yeah. I feel really passionate about this, as you can tell. <laughs> the art of coaching is a to ask questions, and that doesn't mean you can't ask some pretty probing questions. Both, well, Chris, when you've asked a few not toxic questions, but really deep and meaningful questions, have you seen your recipient? start to fidget in their seat at lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because you're asking a big question and a meaningful question, but with no heat. So the art of coaching is to ask really meaningful questions. Now, that doesn't mean to say you can't ask some pretty solid and meaningful questions. Radical candor completely negates any question asking. It negates <clears throat> the person getting to their own place who you're talking to, which is the art of coaching, getting them to a realisation. And it's highly judgmental. Yeah. So um, Chris and I have both read, listeners, an article published by Harvard Business Review about feedback. And the essence of feedback is to generally to achieve excellence in some form or another. So I would challenge anyone listening to this to, do you really think you're going to get feedback from someone by telling them they're an idiot or fuckwit or whatever? You're really going to mostly get two outcomes. You're either going to get fight or flight. And that's what radical candor will get you, I reckon. And, and the shutdown. And, and fight is normally defend, isn't it? In this situation. Oh, it can be, yeah, it can be defend. And it can or be attack. And it can be attack. It actually can be attack. Yeah. I saw someone delivering radical candor a while ago, not to me. And I felt like attacking them. I really did. I thought this is useless. Piece of, this is just for your benefit. Not, yeah. not you, Chris, the person delivering. Anyway, so that's what I... What are your thoughts on radical candor? Oh, well, well, there's two things, and, and yes, I've seen this applied in lots of different situations and, and why I, I, you know, laughed so hard at that, tried delivering it up, because that used to be called in the, in, you know, in the halls of, of organisations, the CLM, didn't it? The career-limiting career move. Um, <laughs> um, 
and, and but I've also been, and and this is just just to play devil's advocate here a little bit. I've also seen situations where it works really well, and what I would like to do is explore the reasons why it in situations it works well, and why in situations it doesn't work so well. Because I think you've hit on some really important points as, as to why it might not work well, where it might be ego at play. There's a, an imbalance in power. Uh, it's usually delivered down, not up. Um, there can be uh, other reasons why you might actually deliver some some very candid feedback to someone that may not necessarily be, be about you know um, getting the best performance out of them or, or what have you. So there's really good reasons why it might not work well, and there's situations where it will. Um, so if I if I just even take a, an example, um, you know over over my life I've played a lot of sport, okay, and you don't have a lot of time in the moment ah, to to deliver to deliver feedback. You know, you can't, in, in the in the thrust and parry of a football match or a soccer match or when you're playing doubles tennis or whatever it is, you don't get a lot of time to, um, you know, dissect a situation and create a vulnerable space and, and all this sort of stuff um, to, to look for improved performance. So I can think in situations where I've got absolute bakes off my teammates for, for you know, going off plan, doing the wrong thing, not working hard enough. In, in particular situations and, and I can flip it around and go um, and think about plenty of times when I've delivered the same back to teammates. And in the context of, of that situation, it's, it's um, expected and accepted that that's the way you deliver this stuff. And I think sometimes as much as there is an, uh, um, an, an analogous line drawn between sport and business, a lot of the times that works I think in this situation, it's one of those ones that sometimes doesn't work. I think we see um, people go, oh, yeah, but, ha- but look at what so-and-so did on the sporting field on the weekend. And I go, yeah, they've got two seconds to get a message across and then they've got all week to pretty much patch up that relationship or have an understanding of, of, of what was going on. Um, and, and the other thing I think why it does work in that situation and, and where I was talking about some of the factors as to why it will work is then I look at some of the situations where if someone's had a crack at me on the sporting field, uh, one of my teammates, I straight away go into what that, what you said before about the, the, the fight or flight, because if I don't um, have a respect for that person or I don't, for whatever reason, think they're as good a player as me or they're not as good a leader as me or they're not as important to the team as what I am, and so, you know, I want listeners to think about this in your business context. Then I pretty much take that, that feedback with a grain of salt or go into a situation and say, well, yeah, well, you're having a go at me, but, you know, I could pick up 10 things that you didn't do. And I think that's the point of, of where this new trend of radical candor goes is, well, we shouldn't let those 10 things go by to build up, to build up that openness and, and, and openness in communication. So... I think that, that some of the factors why it does work is if I respect my teammates or there's a very clear culture of um, how we actually deliver feedback in the moment, well, then, then it could work fine. But if you don't have very, very honed, um, defined skills around other things in your leadership kit bag, then your feedback or the way you receive feedback simply will not, it, it just, it's almost pointless and I think to your point, sometimes dangerous. And toxic. Yeah. So a couple of points there, Pez, um, Chris. Think about... You call me Pez anytime. Yeah. 
Um, I was thinking about just what your time, when time is of the essence, you can be radical in your feedback. And I was thinking about me as a grandparent. <laughs> when I'm with my granddaughter. Yeah, I thinking as parenting as well, yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah. And when, when my granddaughter's about to cross the road without looking. Correct. I'm straight, it is, I'm really blunt. But straight after that, if I look at her body language, her shoulders are slumped, her head's tilted, she's pouting. In mm. other words, she's viewing that what she just has done. Well, it is fairly stupid, but she views herself as stupid. Normally, I would stop her on the edge of the road and say, okay, now I need to look left, now I need to look right, look near there, look again, make sure there's nothing coming, and off we go across the road happily together. Yeah. Where I've got time. Yeah. So you can just see straight there the effect on her of that blunt communication is, yeah. you know, they don't like it. Even though it saved her life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the stakes are the highest. Um, but still then, that, and there's, I think there's that other bit where I saw a, a, an awesome um, TED talk recently where, where it delved into the topic of uh, vulnerability in general, but, you know, realistically, vulnerability in leadership. Um, I saw that TED talk. It was at uh, Brene Brown, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she delivers the same presentation when she's being interviewed by Russell Brand. Okay. Is he is a fantastic interviewer. He is, actually, very underrated. Oh, um, he's sharp as all get out. He really is. And, and funny. That, yeah, and the thing that you raised there that I think sometimes is the reaction to that very candid feedback or that in the moment directness um, is is what Renee Brown spoke around the shame the shaming of of others when we're when we're giving feedback or when we're communicating with them because it's, it's not like uh, sometimes our kids can can feel like that they've been shamed into doing you know or can. ashamed of, of their action when all we're trying to do it is with the best intention so then you do have to do the the, the patch up, which kind of is the well, the reason I did that, or the explanation, it's no different for people at work. It's no different for anyone. No, exactly. It's no different. Uh, you know, you think back when we worked together for the same organisation. Mm -hmm. I remember. In fact, I'll give you an example. I remember doing a presentation. It was in a golf club, so I was in the front of the room, and the presentation actually went pretty well. But I was walking off. Literally, I'd finished. Two minutes later, one of my colleagues came up and said, "Can I give you feedback?" <laughs> And, and, and with the words F and O, like mentioned very quickly? Totally. <laughs> For two reasons. Is A, it didn't really warrant it. There were some things that weren't as good as they could have been. Yeah. But a completely inappropriate time for me to hear anything. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're, you're about to do the whole schmoozing and the coffee and tea with people. Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah, there was get a, get a bit of a uh, set up with tiny cakes yeah. and coffee and... Yeah, do a bit of socialising and networking and, and discussing and all that sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden, you've been given with the old, uh, you know, here's what I think went well and here's all, all the things that you stuffed up. And you yeah. don't need that in your head, do you? No, you don't need that in At your that head. At that moment. You don't. Yeah. So, so I think it's worth reflecting, too, on what is the purpose of feedback, whatever, however you're giving it. It's usually to bring about a change and create more excellence in one form or another. Yeah. And in the article yeah, go on. That, you, that you and I read, the Harvard Business Review article, there's a really interesting thing in there. It says, where the guy says, how often do you see people say to someone who did something really well, and they say to them, for me, what you really did was fantastic. Let's pull it apart so we can replicate it. <laughs> 
Let's look at what you did. Yeah. Let's document it so other people can do the same as what you did. That's feedback. It is. That's absolutely feedback. It's not necessarily saying, it's not shaming anyone. It's not, it's not giving him something that might hit him between the eyes. It's, it's actually being quite supportive and positive. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing, um, particularly in that article, and I think it's um, really worth listeners if they're going to give feedback, is don't make it third person. Put your person, you in the feedback. So things like what I saw was, how that made me feel was, what I think you might change. Instead of saying you did this wrong, you are a fuckwit, whatever, put yourself in the feedback. So it's direct one-to-one communication. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that that I also picked up from the article, and what we should do actually is we should put a link to the article in in this um, podcast notes for people just to click on it and that they can get because I think it's a, it it was a good little piece around. Again, it, it's not it's not saying, and and I don't want to I don't want to give the impression of people that that we we're we're not saying go and employ the the methodologies of of this new new sort of topic of radical candor or whatnot. It's actually just be really aware of of are you set up to apply it? You know, uh, is the person well, when you sorry receive radical candor or feedback both? Like so, you know, in some situations. That this this method of being radically honest and radically candid with people might work, but that's that's if there's a very very high level of, of something I want to go into into a second. But almost this high level of um, very evolved leadership qualities in that group and in the room and and even right throughout your organisation, or it's a situation where it's in the moment, like you're doing it on the front line of a war. Yeah, yeah. D- get your head down, you idiot, or you'll be shot. G- correct. You know, get over that hill. Otherwise, we're all going to die. That, you know, that, that, it's it's that situation. Um, however, there, I think what, one of the things I just wanted to pick up on on that point you raised because one of the things I liked about it towards the end of the article it might have even been in the conclusion. It spoke about um, the notion, and it gets back to that point that you raised. And I think it's so important that that the toxicity of of all of a sudden going from zero to a hundred on this stuff and the danger of it it will do you more harm than good is that the assumption is that you know only the bravest are ready for, to receive this if if we go down this path that means we're, we're creating people that are just you know the the only people that will survive in this sort of culture of feedback will be the, the strongest the bravest the most you know headstrong and blah 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 blah, blah. Um, when we know that when we've worked with you know hundreds of people over our careers we know that people just aren't wired that way nor nor are organizations really wired that way they're a lot more complex than that. Oh, they are. And to, do, to deliver this sort of feedback, you have to have an immensely high level of trust. Aha. Uh-huh. Now, this is the point that I wanted to get to. Because um, I, I was just sort of doodling and going, what, 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 did, what is it that that's sort of just rubs me up the wrong way with, with this stuff? Or, and, and, and where does it go? So I just sort of, you know, started drawing circles and all that sort of stuff. So I came up with this little thing and just said candid feedback, you know, you know, forget the labels. Let's just talk about, you know, very candid feedback is kind of you on them. Yeah. Yeah. It's you telling people stuff about them. Yeah. Or making observations or, you know, exactly what you explained at the start of this discussion. Whereas authenticity 
and trust is about you bringing people into a safe sphere to express. Okay, so one's about you giving, giving, telling someone stuff about them. The other one is actually creating an environment where people trust you to be able to express what's going on for them or why they did something one way or where they need help or what's really you know, going on for them. And then you can have this authentic relationship where uh, people feel like you're not making it about them, you're making it about uh, the, the betterment of them or the business or the organisation or the team or, or whatever it is. You're actually trying to get people coming along for the ride with you rather than actually just saying, you know where, where I think you need to improve or you know where you did wrong or you know where, you know, instead of pegging them on a thing or two, it's actually about having that authenticity and trust where people go, okay, I'm, I'm willing to hear this from you or I'm willing to have a conversation with you because I know that you're not doing it for any other reason than helping me. Yes. And, and what, embedded in... Yeah, go on. Embedded in this article is a lot of people do not... When people are giving feedback, the motives can be very unclear or worse, people might sus suspect the motives aren't really what they're supposed to be. Yeah, that's spot on. And that's why I think that just talking about methods of giving radical feedback um, without what you and I would call um, as part of our, our leadership methodologies that, that we use with organisations, without what we call that authentic stream. And I just made a note here. It sort of said the biggest issue I have with this is that being re radically candid with a low authenticity rating is dangerous. It's deeply dangerous. So yep. you, you can be, and it gets back to my example of sport before. So if I'm the captain of a team and regard as one of the better players on the team, and I give someone some very candid feedback in the moment or in the, in the change rooms or during training during the week, yeah, that hasn't, and I've got a very, so I've got, I've got essentially um, inte some integrity and some um, legitimacy in, in that conversation. But, but I've also got some authenticity in it. I'm doing it to help someone become a better player. It probably has a much better chance of being heard than if I, people actually think that I'm a bit of a, a, a brazen sort of character that they don't really trust or they don't really have any respect for. So not even um, position, not even the fact that you could be captain or a better player or coach or whatever it is, not even that implies that you're ready to give it or it's ready to be heard or that it's even a good method. You still need to have some boxes ticked around your own leadership profile around how do you actually um, display authenticity? Are you, are you someone that actually brings people into, into a trustworthy circle? Um, do, do, you, do you have ulterior motives that are plain to see for everybody and people just suspect that you're doing things for the wrong reasons all the time? Um, because you can employ the best process of feedback, but if you don't have these other things in your kit bag that go with it, it's, it's going to be more dangerous than it is going to be helpful. Human beings just don't like it. No. They react badly to it. They really do. I, while you're talking, I'm thinking about something, which hmm. is this, that um, Pez and I are both trained in a leadership profile tool called the Leadership Circle. Um, and if you look at that tool and you look at the feedback, it can be fairly blunt. 
to say the least. But what the magic of this particular tool is that if you want to correct, correct some shortcomings in people, you, in, in, in a, a leader you're working with, you don't go straight at the shortcomings, you go at their positives. So you use the positives to fix the shortcomings. So that's a really good way to get a good outcome because you're saying to them, well, you're doing some things really well here. Let's use those good things that you're doing well to fix the things that you're doing less than preferably or your reactive tendencies more accurately. Yeah. So and and never by got... doing more of those good things that you are naturally or, or displaying, you know, a high level of competency for, but you'll, you'll naturally become a, a more competent at those things and open up your your whole um, style to take on more stuff that, that sits in that, that creative space rather than reactive. Yeah, and the reactive tendencies will diminish. Diminish, yeah. You, you, tend, to, you tend to be a, a much more effective leader. If you took that tool in and of itself with the feedback, it could be viewed as brutal. brutal. Yep. But if you wrap it in the way I've just described, it's not viewed as brutal because you don't, your recipient does not feel like a failure. Yeah, and, and it's, it's really interesting, actually, you raise it because when you're sitting there having completed a profile on someone and you're about to do the debrief meeting with them, what's their physiology like? Very interesting. It's, it, I would say, mostly quite defensive initially. Yep. And the interesting thing about that is that this is not delivered in a... In a what you would call a, a radical way, is it? It's not delivered in, no. a, in your face, um, you know, th this is what we're all about, kind of, you know, how strong are we, how, how candid can we be? It's actually delivered in, in a number of different ways, delivered in, uh, like you said, the long-form written word, it's delivered in rating scales, it's delivered in pictures, it's delivered in metaphor. So when you think about um, the physiology of someone who's actually chosen to undertake something like that and, and gain feedback. It doesn't matter if you're, you're sitting in front of a CEO who, who could be a very highly effective person or someone who's an up-and-coming emerging leader. Their physiology is different. It, it, it is not palpably different. You can feel it. You can feel how uncomfortable they are. Um, you can, and it's... Getting ready to receive in answer to your question, it's really interesting watching their physiology because it is like that in the beginning and then you watch the physiology change as you start to get into it and then they start to relax and relax and relax and they might get a bit twitchy with some difficult bits. But, it, but because of the method of delivery, pretty early on they start to get ready to take it on. Yeah, because of why though? Why would they take it on? So, you know... Because they... They understand why you're doing it. Yeah. Or why they're, they're, doing, they're doing it. So yeah. there's already some trust there. Uh, if, you, if you're delivering it well, you set up the delivery first, firstly. Bingo. It, the, the, only, the only thing in that moment that makes them open to receiving it <laughs> is how well you're delivering it. So th this is the extraordinary thing about feedback and why I think that, you know, I, I struggle a little bit with these, you know, you know quick uh, trends where it says this is how you have to be is because you think of how skilled you have to be to deliver a debrief of something of that magnitude for someone yeah oh there's there's a lot of work in going through it before you deliver it yeah right so you think of so how skilled and, and, right. and i'm talking years and potentially decades of training in in your case you know maybe not so much mine but 
that, that that's that's a comment on age. Why? Right, because I'm, I'm not a parent, and you're not. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> but the thing is, if you think about how skillful you have to be to deliver that forty-five minute discussion with someone um, over over feedback that you haven't specifically given, yeah, you're interpreting feedback for them. You are. So you're like a you're like an intermediary of the feedback. You're a conduit. You're a conduit. Yes. So if you think of their physiology in that situation and then say that I'm just a conduit to, to the feedback and I'm highly, highly, highly skilled at delivery and they're still feeling this way, imagine what it's like if they got that directly in the moment. Yeah, well, I think fight or flight is what you'd experience. Like the barriers would go straight up. That would. If barriers are up, as you've seen and as I've seen, you're, whoever you're talking to just is not going to take it on. No, in fact, you know, depending on their style of person, which again, sometimes we don't all know, that they might might become a little bit, uh, what would we call it, vexatious or um, aggressive, uh, aggressive, vexatious. or you know, down the track, it could be. Well, if you're going to give me that feedback, here's some feedback for you. Yeah, cop this. Yeah, cop, cop this, and then and then if you all sit back in your radical feedback session and your radical candor session, you go, okay, that didn't quite go as planned. What do we do with this now? Although having said what you just said, Pez, I've never seen someone give radical candor and walk away going, that didn't go as I thought. They generally don't care. <laughs> that's right. Because it's always, well, that's the plan. Yeah. We that's need, the plan. We need bad. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad for him. Yeah. T -t Too bad for him. Yeah. He copped it now. Now what? Oh, yeah. well, that's his issue. That yeah, exactly. So yeah. there's no exchange. There's no making, getting that person to think differently about the issue there's no self-realization nothing yeah. um, I'm not a fan of radical candor as you can tell at all I've, I know this time you have to be quite blunt with people but I'm not a fan of radical candor and particularly not in public well I think there's there's a there's a reason for that is it's because you're a coach and you you've been trained in actually delivering um, feedback in a way that that's you know with high integrity high trust and high authenticity and, and in a coaching methodology, not a talent. Yeah, I think, exactly. I think that's the point. One of the points you raised early was that when when we when we tell someone something, automatically that there's a potential for barriers to go up. Unless they've asked you to tell them something because they don't know a thing. Uh huh. So that that's one of the other parts of the the, the process that that I think sometimes gets missed. Um, and, and again, I stress, there are times radical candor works and in fact, it could work beautifully as long as you're well and truly set up for all of this. But um, if someone's not asking for the feedback and you're giving it, that means your skill level's got to go up, you know, exponentially again for it to land the way you think it's going to land. <laughs> I, I just think of so many scenarios where, where, if, if someone came up to you and said, hey, you know, blah, 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 cop this. Yeah, yeah, the first thing you do is almost like the, the old comedy double take, the Benny Hill kind of double take to the camera. Yeah. Like, like, what? <laughs> yeah. And, and once you dissect it, like you've been punched in the face, then you kind of go, oh, oh all right. Um, and then you start all this mental list of things. Okay, well, why are they telling me this? Who's this person? Do, do I trust what they say? Is there another reason for it? Humans 
will naturally are imperfect. Yep, we're all imperfect. We started yeah. through all these lists of things to say, why should I believe anything that that person just said? I'm okay as I am. Unless, like you said, someone's saying, hey, you know what? Let's, let's actually set this up and do this in a way that I welcome and, and beckon the feedback. Because that, that's when we talk about, so just say that example before where someone's undertaking some sort of profiling tool or, or, or whatever, they're already open to it. At, at yeah, because they've, they've been told about it. They've asked if they're willing, been asked if they're willing to do it. They've invited people to give them feedback. Feedback. Yeah. And they're in a position to take it on. Yeah. Um, and, and the funny I thing think, there is, that, that, you know what the funny thing is, and I don't want to labour it too much, is they've invited people and they're willing to take it on. They've invited people to do it, blah, 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 blah. All those things are true. And you know what we said? And they still feel very uncomfortable when they're about they're to. Not, oh, they ever, because they don't know what's coming, and they do. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, being that um, I'm nearly out of time now, yeah. I think we've gone pretty much full circle, but I was just going to leave everyone with a thought, Yes. which is this, that feedback is a gift, not a weapon. What a beautiful way to close out the podcast.